You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Man, can't wait for vacation tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I was telling Laura, I was like, I'm really nervous. I, have, I feel like I haven't preached in a while. I was excited to be home. I was excited to be back from Africa. Love to hear what's happening in the hearts of our youth. And really believe and always have believed that uh, the generation of the, ch- of, of the kids that are, we're raising up, that God is raising up and in through our church will not have the baggage that we have or the, that I've had at least, the religious baggage of trusting and trying to believe that God is on the move and that he can use them to do whatever he wants to do. And it's so refreshing and encouraging and inspiring to hear their stories. And um, this kind of came to light with me a little bit in Africa, the, the blessing of being younger and not having the baggage that we do as older people. And um, when Cole and I were in Africa together, it was a 17-day trip. And I, I remember landing in the mission the first day uh, and, and, and thinking these things, this is going to be awesome, but I can't wait for it to be over. And I'm like, where's that coming from? I mean, I'm in, the, I'm in another country. I'm with one of my children. This is going to be an amazing opportunity. Where's this coming from? This, this, this thing inside of me that can't be, wait to get back home. You know, in the midst of, this is before I really, we really did anything, any, any mission thing at all. Whereas Cole was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to go for it. He didn't care. It was just kind of like full on, you know, I'd packed all the right clothes. I, I mean, I was ready. I was ready. But what happens, I think, is the older we get and the more we accumulate in life, the more familiar we become with comfort. We like to be comfortable. And that's not, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, except for me, I was really made aware that this, this, the comfort I have in wanting to return home to my family as a priority to being on mission was stopping me from wanting to be on the mission, the comfort we accumulate as, as, as adults in wanting to have a house that fits us well, wanting to have our children in good schools, the comfort and the luxury and the entitlement we feel of wanting to have the nicest clothes or clothes that are whatever, or the car that's like this, or just a loving family. It's not a bad thing unless it prevents us from being on the mission that God has called us to be on. If we love the things, anything in the world, more than we love Jesus, or we believe anything in the world could give us life other than Jesus, it will prevent us from being on the mission that Jesus has called us to be on. And so I'm out there with Cole in the middle of nowhere, I mean, and when I say nowhere, I mean there are, there's no electricity, there's no lights, there's no water, there are no bathrooms, and we are in this hut that's maybe as big as four of these stages, right? Like 70 people from Africa and Cole and I. And, and we're in this rondala worshiping, and I'm like, can't wait to get home. This is just, I'm thinking like, if I got to go poop, where, what's going to happen? That's what I'm thinking on this mission. Have I drank, have I had any water today that are going to grow tapeworms in me? What's that feeling I have? Is that the beginning of the end? Because I know there's no bathrooms around here. These are the thoughts that are consuming me and they all have to do with comfort. It's not like, what are you going to share in the gospel? Not even on my radar. 
I don't know because I'm worried about where I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm worried about whether the chicken I ate had salmonella. I'm worried about if there's an animal growing inside of me that's going to come out, you like, in the middle of my speaking. You know? And heaven forbid we get injured and we have to drive the seven hours back to civilization and I'll bleed out from a paper cut, you know? Those are the thoughts of a missionary from America. Those are my thoughts, at least, you know? And it's comfort. It's comfort. It is my comfort. It is my familiarity with comfort and my avoidance of discomfort that is trumping this opportunity I'm going to have to share the gospel with these people who have never heard the gospel. And I'm, so my translation, my thinking goes to, well, what's the point anyway? Like, this isn't going to, like, no one knows about this. Like, no, you know, no one's going to see what he, or hear what I say or I do. I could just get up and say, Jesus loves you and sit down. Like, what's the big deal? And the Holy Spirit says this to me, right? And this changes my whole trip. The first night, and we're in this, out in the middle of nowhere, like I said, in this rondala, the Holy Spirit says, Antley, this may be the last opportunity you have to share the most important message I've given you about what I've done in your life. Make it count. And that's, that's all he said to me. And so every time I got into, he reminded me of the mission that he's planted inside of me, that he desires to birth through me as he lives in me. And he reminded me of that. And so every time I would get up to preach, he would remind me that this is the last time you may ever have the chance to share this story. And the most powerful thing about your story, Antley, is what I've done in your life. And I just, that's what I shared. And that's what I preached. And that's what Cole shared. And that's what Cole preached. And people heard the message. And it was like the fruit and the soil there is so ripe, so fertile. Everyone like Cole said, just wants to know Jesus. And it's because they're not confused with the comfort that we have. They're not distracted. We've had people say to us, like, oh, I feel so sorry for you guys living in the West. We're like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're so distracted. It's so hard. It's so much more difficult for you. Kelly Koski, the missionary that was over there, he was saying, man, the, the soil here is so easy compared to the, you know, your, the, the soil that you're tilling up. It's so hard in America. Because there's so many opportunities and so many distractions. Of which I think a lot of them for us, or at least for me, I was made aware very clearly, boiled down to comfort. And I didn't see it at all in Cole. And he was just, again, just going for it. Because he hasn't accumulated what I've accumulated. He doesn't have a fame like I have. And none of those things are bad unless they prevent us from being on mission. You know, evangelism. Is a, is a pillar of our church, along with ministering the power of the Spirit, the love of the Father, ministry of the poor, because we believe it's central to the ministry of Jesus Christ. When we look at what Jesus did and how he lived, he was telling people about his Father, the Father's love, and he was building the Father's kingdom. And because it was central to Jesus, we believe it's central to our church. And so we believe the role of the church, one of the roles of the church is to evangelize, to tell people about the story of Jesus Christ, what he's done, what he's doing, and that that's the most important story we could be telling. And people have said, people have said this about the church. They said the role of the church is to comfort the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. But what the Western church has become is an institution that comforts the comfortable and troubles the troubled. Right? And so I'm comfortable. I want to stay comfortable. The consequence is I don't reach out to the lost. 
Because it will cost me relationship potentially. It's fearful. It's scary. I might lose something. I might lose my job if I'm bold in the way that God calls me to be bold. And so while we're in Africa, I'm going through the book of Matthew, and the Lord just lays this talk right in my heart. I didn't know I was going to preach it when I got back, but it's a story of the birth of Jesus Christ and the reminder that like Mary, God is birthing something in us. And what he is birthing in Mary is the hope of the world. And in the same way, he has given us, through the power of the Spirit, he is birthing something unique in each of us that is the hope of the world. The question that we have to struggle with as missional evangelists for Jesus is we, will we share what he has birthed in us? Will we share the story of Jesus Christ in our life? Or we, will we allow comfort to prevent us from doing that? So let's look at this story real quick. It'll be familiar to many of you. Even if you don't go to church, you've gone on Christmas, you've probably heard this story read. It's very simple what I'm going to say today, but I've, but I've really felt like it's been convicting to me in my life. It's Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce, divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to, make Mary as your, to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, they didn't have sex, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would come now through the power of your spirit and that this scripture would become real to us that the truth of your word would live in us, that we would not just internal or hear it in our heads, but that it would become something that is alive in us, that leads us to live differently. In your name we pray, amen. In verse six, it says this, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 20 again, it says, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, okay? And so point number one, very simple. Everything that brings hope to the world comes from God. Everything that brings hope to the world comes from God. Everything that brings hope to your life is from God. The only hope that your family has, the only hope that your children have, the only hope that your marriage has, your business has, any hope that you have in your world or your life comes from God. It's from the Spirit. Anything that is good comes from God, period, End of story, okay? So that's one of the things that God's showing us in this, this reality. And that's one of the things that we have in common with people who are in the middle of nowhere in Africa. And that's what the pastor was saying. Remind them, in the same way that you are hopeless without Jesus, so are they. And I'm like, remind them? You need to remind me. Because I don't, it's hard to, to believe that. But that's the truth. Everything about this, every good thought that you have, or your ability to think, the discipline that you have in your life, your ability to learn, to be cognitive, your ability to go to college, the opportunity to go to college, to learn, to think correctly, to make it through high school, 
your talents, your gifts, everything that is good in your life has come from God. Everything. He is the hope of all of life. The only hope this world has comes from God through the Spirit. And his name is Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? The only hope that this world has, think about it. Close your eyes for a second. Who in this world do you know that needs hope? Whose marriage is wrecked? Who's in financial crisis? Whose business is circling the toilet bowl? Who's in legal trouble right now? Whose children have issues? Now, do you believe that the only hope they have is Jesus? Or do you believe, no, 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 it's Jesus plus something else. It's Jesus plus education. It's Jesus plus money. It's Jesus plus this. Because if you believe it's Jesus plus something else, you won't risk in the direction of Jesus. If you believe that your life or that other people's lives or that other people's families can be made whole with counseling, for example, without Jesus, then you're going to leverage your marriage towards counseling. If you believe that medicine can fix all of who we are and our brokenness, then you're not going to pray and ask Jesus to come and do that. And if you have friends that are jacked up in their life, which we all do, if you're jacked up in your life and you believe it's something else plus Jesus, the path of least resistance will always lead you to that thing at the expense of you coming to Jesus or you taking Jesus to them. Why? Because it's more comfortable. It's easier. We like to be in control. Faith and trust, Jesus, is about us trusting him with our life, all of our life. And so we have to believe this truth, very basic truth as a Christian. Do you believe that Jesus is enough? That he is the hope of the world? That the person that you're sitting with at your hipster bar having a beer with has no hope in you being a cool Christian unless you talk to them about Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe the coworker that you have earned relationship with is hopeless until you tell them about Jesus? And I know the saying, well, I share the gospel and if I have to, I use words. Jesus had to use words, folks. Jesus had to use words. And so that's a very, I love that. I love that reality. There's a truth that's in that. But if you never say the words, Scripture says, then how will they know? Man, that's a really cool guy with the cross tattooed on his shoulder. He might be a Christian. He's so savvy up here. So awesome. Man, I want to be just like him. It must be because he's read the Chronicles of Narnia. Or... He likes Dumbledore or whatever. If they don't know, it's, you know, First Peter says, always be prepared to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Always be prepared to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. If we don't believe our only hope is Jesus Christ, we will not share Jesus Christ. And if we're not, and this is, and I'm not, and I wanna, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty here. But if we're not sharing Jesus Christ, if we're not sharing the story of Jesus Christ, 
then it might be because we really don't believe that he's the hope of the world. It just, I mean, I'm not laying that on you. I'm just saying the things I'm excited about in life, the things that give me life, I'm talking about. When football season starts, I'm talking about the Gators. I don't care how bad they are. Whenever things are going well with Laura and I, I'm talking about Laura. When I see my kids doing things that I'm proud of, I'm talking about my kids. When I'm experiencing the life that comes to me from Jesus Christ, I'm talking about Jesus. And if I'm not talking about Jesus, there's a chance that we might think that there's life somewhere else. Which leads me to point number two. And that's this. If we believe that Jesus is our Lord and our, and our Savior, that he is all of life, he not only saves us from hell and brings us to heaven, our Savior, but that he is the Lord of our life, that all I have I owe to him, and therefore I desire to serve him in every way possible. I will sacrifice everything for him and be on that journey with him. If I really believe that, then we can go to point number two. And point number two is this reality. In the same way that Jesus has something in Mary that he's birthing to the world that brings hope, there's something in you that he wants to bring to the world. He wants you to take Jesus to the world. The same thing that Mary brought to the world, he wants you to bring to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus was and is God with us. Emmanuel. When you receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, again, the same spirit that filled Mary fills you. The same spirit that led Jesus leads you. Leads you to do what, though? Leads you to tell people about Jesus. It leads you. The spirit testifies to Jesus, to the work of Jesus, to the love of Jesus, to the power of Jesus. That's the work of the spirit in you. That's what the spirit looks like. And so God's plan, I know this is scary. You're like God's plan A. To tell the world and to save the world. It's like you're, I mean, so many people. Luke Skywalker, if my name's Tom Rossi. You know, Neo, if it's David. You know, I mean, there's so many figureheads in the movies. These stories, these epic stories about Frodo, who's going to save the Shire. Well, you are the story. You are the center of God's story. And the story that he's telling in you is Jesus Christ. Through you, it's Jesus Christ. You are his plan A for telling the world, for giving the world hope. His desire is to birth into the world hope, life, love, and Jesus Christ through you. I mean, think about this little model. I've never seen this in this story before. It's so simple. Spirit comes in us. Well, then what happens? Jesus comes out of us, right? Right? Spirit comes into us when we become a believer, and then Jesus comes out of us. Everywhere we go, we're exuding Jesus Christ. Everywhere Mary went, she was taking Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Same thing with us, the kingdom of God coming into you, and then the kingdom of God going out through you. And here's the thing. Yes, the Spirit is involved in all of these relationships around us. So it's not like I'm saying, okay, now everywhere you go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, whenever you're getting your hamburger from Burger King, hey, would you like your change? Would you like Jesus? We don't want to be those people, right? My cat just thought, hallelujah, Jesus. Well, you know about Jesus? You know? 
Mommy or Daddy, I'm failing in chemistry. Jesus can help you with that. I'm not saying that. I believe that, that, that this happens relationally. What I'm saying is that we have to believe that Jesus is the hope for the world, create opportunity for the Spirit to move. I mean, look, the Spirit moves and does a lot of things in our life that we don't see. All I'm saying is whenever he's moving, are we moving along with him in step with what he's doing? I mean, look, I mean, Mary was terrified. She was worried. God fills her with a baby that's from the Holy Spirit, whatever that means, right? Who's the savior of the world? Hello? That's terrifying. That would be scary. That would move Mary not only out of her comfort zone, but out of her community. She would have been ostracized to be a pregnant woman in this culture. She would have been shunned. She would have been on her own. She must have been terrified. And here's the thing about being filled with the Spirit and trusting God, is it will always cause you to trust God more. Sharing the story, allowing God to birth in and through you the message in the story of Jesus Christ will always cause you to trust God and not the circumstances of the world. Always. And that's what Mary is faced with. She receives this baby. She's terrified. She's scared. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say to my mom? What am I going to say to my brothers? What am I going to say to Joseph? He's going to dump me. That's obviously going to happen. Like, she's terrified. And what does God do? He sends an angel to have a dream with Joseph. He marries her, and things are a little more comfortable, aren't they? God meets her and her fear in a way that brings her freedom so that she can fulfill what God is birthing in her and through her. That's what God does. It puts us in a position where we have to trust that God is advocating for us. That when we are sitting next to someone in a bar and God's spirit moves, I really want to share the gospel with them. We have to believe the Holy Spirit's doing something in them, creating opportunity, and it's going to create the door to, for us to walk through. Or whenever we're a coworker and we're there, like, Jesus, I'm ready. I'll do whatever you want in my work environment. We have to believe the Spirit is advocating for us. He's gone ahead of us. His love for them, your, co- your coworkers and your family and your kids, it's more than you will ever know. The question is, do you trust? Do you trust him? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Comfort is such a hard thing for me because what I've learned is that you can have both in the Western world. You can be comfortable and you can have Jesus. But what God's been teaching me is that that's not really true. I might think that that's true, but really if God wants all of my heart, all of my strength, all of my mind, all of who I am, to believe and to trust that Jesus is all that I need, then there's a good chance that he's going to leverage the things that I'm most comfortable with to test me. To really say, do you really believe that, Antley? Do you really think that Jesus is all that you need? That Jesus is more important than your relationship with the Lord? That Jesus is more important than what schools your kids get into? That Jesus is more important than River City Church? That Jesus is more important than your job. That Jesus is the most important thing in your life. Because if you do, Antley, I'm going to cause you to trust me in new ways. Because I'm birthing something in you 
that brings hope to the world. But you first have to believe that your hope, Antley, your only hope is in Jesus Christ. You see, I think one of the things that comfort does, and I'm gonna end with this, is that it causes us to be me-focused. It, it causes us to, to be worried about ourselves at the expense of worrying and having concern for other people. When I think one of our goals as Christians is to finish the race with as many people around us as possible, that we've drug along, that we've reached out to, that we've brought in with us, right? Like God wants us to finish the race with lots of people, with lots of friends, lots of people who didn't know him. We wanna, he wants us to bring them across the finish line with us. I was watching this show called, this movie called Happiness. It's, it's, I'm not gonna, rec- it's good, you should watch it, but it's also very secular, humanistic in how you find happiness. But there's a story in there of a guy who talks about a handicapped girl in the Special Olympics. And this girl, he said, you know, is awesome. She's handicapped, she's in the Special Olympics, and she laughs when she runs, and he says, uh, she lines up there on the starting line. He's her coach. Lines up there on the starting line, and uh, the gun goes off, and she's just like, woo and just starts laughing while she's running in the race. And he said she's like crossing every lane. You know, the kids are just doing circles. They're running down the, the track laughing, and she gets to be about 10 feet from the finish line. And her coach is like, cross the line, you're gonna win the gold medal. And she stops. And he goes, look at me, look at me. You don't understand. Just go 10 more feet, come to me, and you're gonna win the gold medal. And she says, no, no, I'm not. She waits, and she reaches out her hand to her friend that's coming. And then she reaches out her other hand to another friend. And then they reach out their hands to another friend. And they reach out their hands till everyone in the race is together, and they cross the finish line together right? They cross the finish line together. And she says these words, together we all win. Together we all win. Comfort causes you to want to cross the finish line out of everyone else with the most toys in the quickest amount of time. Jesus says, no, it's together that we all win. It's your vision for other people and bringing them across the line with you that will cause you to stop and make sacrifices for the kingdom, but we want to win and bring people with us. We're going to cross the line. We're going to get a gold medal. The question is, are you going to stop, pause, and sacrifice enough so that you're crossing with other people holding on to you? Or are you going to let them not win? The story that God has created, the story of hope of Jesus Christ is meant to be shared. And if we're not sharing, it's because we might not believe it's really true. My encouragement is this, church. Let's stop allowing comfort and fear from reaching out our hands to our lost brothers and sisters who are desperate to win what we've already received. They're desperate for life. They are hopeless without Jesus. And I don't know what that looks like in each of your lives. I'm just asking if the spirit opens the door and asks you to reach out your hand, will you allow him to bring someone to you? And when he does, will you tell them about the story of Jesus Christ in your life? That's evangelism. That's central to the ministry of Jesus Christ and central to the ministry of our church. Let's stand.